As a small business owner, have you ever felt overwhelmed by the pressure of choosing the right hire or leading a team? Or have you ever found yourself tolerating a bad hire because you fear trying and failing again as you repeat the hiring process? If so, you're not alone and you are in the right place. Welcome to the Growing Your Team podcast. The Growing Your Team podcast teaches business owners like you to expand your unique business by teaching you to master the hiring and team management process. Hiring and managing a team does not have to be a challenge. You just have to learn to do it right. And the Growing Your Team podcast teaches you how to become a confident leader who hires right every single time. Now, let's jump into the show where each episode, you will learn tips on how to identify what type of help you need on your team, how to source amazing candidates, how to conduct interviews that lead you to your idea team member, how to onboard successfully, and how to lead every person in your business so you have a team of rock stars who you are happy to pay every single paycheck. So let's jump in and teach you how to hire like a pro. Hello, Jamie Van Kuyk here, and welcome back to the Growing Your Team podcast. Uh, I still can't believe that we are at three years of the podcast, and part of what has made this podcast so fun and exciting to record and put out there is all the great guests that I've had the opportunity to speak with and bring in front of you. They've had so much amazing things to share and and I love that I constantly have people reaching out to me to ask to be on this podcast and and share their knowledge with you. And today's guest is is another amazing guest that I cannot wait to share this interview with you. Today, I have on Carla Titus. Carla is a financial expert with over 15 years of combined corporate financial planning, analysis, strategy, and online business experience. She provides fractional CFO services and financial consulting to business owners looking to grow their business profitably. Wealth and Worth Within's mission is to empower business owners to achieve financial clarity and peace of mind so they can get back to what they enjoy. Today, we're talking about how you can scale your business and grow your team while still making a profit. Because that's important to us, right? We want to make sure that the decisions that we're making are financially responsible. We want to make sure that when we hire someone, we can afford it. And not only afford it today, but be able to get a positive return on the hires that we make. So in today's conversation, we talk about how to start really thinking like the CEO of your business and making the right decisions financially so you can be happy and get the support you need on your team. So let's jump right into the conversation with Carla. Hi, Carla. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Growing Your Team podcast. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, 
Yes, you're so welcome. To kick us off, can you take a few moments and introduce yourself? Yes, of course. So I'm Carla Titus. I'm the founder and owner of Wealth and Worth Within. We are a fractional CFO firm providing financial consulting and advisory services, as well as bookkeeping for business owners who are looking for some clarity on their financials, take control of their profitability and have cash in the bank while paying themselves. Those are the key things that we like to work with business owners on to ensure the long term viability of their businesses, as well as educate and empower them uh, to not be scared of their numbers. It's what's going to make them successful in business. And we want them to feel very comfortable and confident and not scare and run away from it anymore. Right. Right. The numbers are important. Yeah. For some people, they are scary. Like there's people out there who will say, I am not a numbers person, but the numbers are important. The numbers are what allow you to stay in business. The numbers are what allow you to grow your business. The numbers also can tell you if you have a problem that you really need to address so you don't go out of business. Exactly. I'm having a proactive approach to looking at your numbers and understanding what's happening in your business. You know, we all went into business because we love what we do. Now, that's what happens to be for me numbers, but for most people, it's not. And just gaining the clarity and understanding in a simple way, what your numbers are telling you will help you direct the business in the direction that you want to take it to achieve your goals and make sure that you're making changes when things are not working well. But how would you know unless you're looking at your numbers to tell you where are some of the problems and opportunities you could be attacking proactively rather than waiting until you run out of cash or you have to call someone for help because it's a little late and much more complicated of a situation to solve. Right. Oh, there's so many things in what you just said that I want to dive into. Like, first off, I love when you said like, you know, you started your business because you love numbers and most people don't like my business. I love hiring, but most people are like, oh my God, hiring is the most stressful thing. And I'm just like, I love it. Come on, let me teach you everything. So that's why I always tell people there's someone out there who can help you through what is hard in your business, what you don't want to do, what drains you. You don't have to do it all yourself. And, um, the other thing that I just kind of want to talk about in there was you made a comment about being proactive. So things aren't such a mess. And that's the thing. It's like when there is something that we really don't like in our business, we avoid it because we not necessarily on purpose, but it's just kind of that natural tendency. We put our time and effort in the things we like, the things we enjoy. And we always say, okay, I'll focus on that later. I'll do that later. I'll do that later. And later becomes three months down the road, six months down the road, a year down the road. And you're like, oh my gosh, I haven't done any bookkeeping tasks. I haven't done anything myself. And then you're in this problem that you probably could have solved earlier and made it so it wasn't a huge problem if you spent the time there. But as we talked about, not everyone wants to spend the time there. Not everyone has the talent to spend the time there, which is why it's so important to really invest in the people that will help you identify problems before they're really problems. Yeah. And unfortunately that overwhelm is not going to go away. It's only going to compound and get worse the longer you wait. And there are people out there that can support you. You probably already have an existing bookkeeping team or a tax accountant working for you on the money side, and you're asking for more support and maybe they're not able to provide it. And that's where the role of the CFO really comes in to be that proactive approach on helping guide and direct with the right level of expertise to ensure that you're proactively addressing this and not letting it happen to you or have issues before you actually pay attention to it. Because guess what? It will 
call your attention when there's no money in the bank and you have to make payroll in the next two weeks. It, you know, you can delay all you want, but at the end of the day, you will have to confront the problems or at tax time when you have to file your taxes and you, you don't have the right financial statements in place or correctly accounted for, you're going to have to go back and recreate 12 months worth of data. Nobody wants to do that, not even us, but we know how to. Um, so it makes it a little <laughs> bit simple to guide our clients to that. And also it's not very cost effective. It's your time and your money that will be spent trying to figure out what happened the last 12 months in your business and what are the costs and expenses. And I always say to business owners, it's really hard to navigate without a dashboard. You know, you get right. in your car and you're going to drive somewhere. If you don't know how much gas you have, if you don't know what speed you're going at, if you don't know if you're about to hit a tree because you didn't look out the windshield, you know, that is exactly what financial planning and proactive uh, forecasting does for your business. It sets the guide, the path, the direction, tells you the speed, tells you if you're about to run out of gas and stop to get some more and creates that nice feeling of, well, now I don't have to stress about running out of gas because I know when I'm going to, and I can take action and take steps towards addressing that problem before it becomes a problem. And I get stranded on the side of the road. All of this yeah. is guided by the CFO in your business, taking that proactive approach and helping you navigate through that. Yes, 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 exactly. One of the things that I really liked what you said was it takes your time and your money. And when I talk about the signs that you should be hiring for your business, it's that you don't have the knowledge or expertise inside your business and it's worth your money to have someone else do it because it saves you time. It's time that you don't have to spend learning how to do it. And you're probably not going to do it right if it's not your area of expertise, or it's going to take you more time. And that's all time you're not spending generating revenue for your business. So yeah, getting people on your team, yes, it costs money, but when it saves you time, that time is typically very valuable for your business in terms of growth. For a business owner, the most valuable asset you have if you don't have the cash is really your time because you're the only one that can do certain tasks for your business and you're like a key player. So anytime that you spend not doing it in business development or client delivery or you know selling your product or improving on your product, any kind of business that you have um, or managing the team to execute to bigger goals, it's going to take away from you know the path forward to help profit and grow your business. So any tasks that you can delegate out, that you can outsource out to a team of experts that can take it for you and practically be working with you saying, hey, I see an issue coming or this is a concern. Here's an opportunity for growth. Have you thought about this? It's going to benefit you and pay dividends as you are investing on that cause to grow your company alongside the employees that you're hiring. Once you get an employee up and running and they're doing fantastic work, the cost that you pay them for their salary or you know what uh, compensation you're giving them should far exceed through the benefit you're getting from the work that they're performing. So we almost don't want to think about it as a cost. It's really an investment because it's what's exactly. going to allow to free your time and give you the time back to focus on the right priorities for the business that no one else can do while the team member is happily doing the work that you pay them for. Yes, yes, exactly. Oh, you're speaking my language, Carla. I love it. Um, I want to get into some very specifics and tips and stuff that you can provide about just kind of hiring in general and making sure you can afford people and all that stuff. But before we get into that, I want to back up because we you used a term earlier that I understand what it means 
And possibly people in the audience that are listening today might or might not know what it means, but it's a term that we hear sometimes when it comes to hiring and hiring these outside companies and agencies, and it's that term fractional. Can you help us learn what does fractional mean? So when you call yourself a fractional CFO or stuff like that, what does that actually mean? Yeah, happy to explain that further. So what happens is if you think about Fortune 500 companies that have a CEO and a CFO team working towards... Um, addressing the profitability of the business short and long term, balancing through the financial needs of the company and answering questions and providing advice and expertise. Those people are getting paid salaries of upwards of $400,000 a year base plus stock plus other type of compensation in addition to. So accessing that level of expertise for a small business owner it becomes completely unaffordable. So by having this fractional CFO, CMOs, and other types of roles that have that level of expertise, but a fraction of the cost, meaning we're able to service, um, let's say 10 to 15 clients at a time and invest time in guiding and helping support them. But they don't yet have a need for a full-time CFO role in the company because they're small and they're still growing. And one day, hopefully, they do have that need. Um, mm -hmm. So they're dividing the cost of hiring one CFO amongst 10 to 15 companies. So the CFO is still making that level of salary and you're still getting access to the level of expertise without the price tag. So you pay for a fraction, but you still get the full support your business needs and access to that knowledge and guidance and proactive planning for a reasonable amount that aligns to the stage of growth you're in in business. Yes. Yeah. So I think it's a great way to hire. One of the questions that I get all the time is I need this high level expertise, but I don't have the the business or I don't have the work or I don't have the cash flow to pay for someone at a full-time salary with this. And I always say you can hire people on a kind of like a part-time basis. And so fractional, typically fractional CFOs, fractional marketers, a lot of times I think they're coming in as that contractor versus an employee type relationship. Mm -hmm. um, but it's still like, I always say there's people out there that are willing to do the work that have all that expertise on a part-time basis. So you don't need to jump to a full-time person if that's not what your business needs now. You're gonna do more disservice hiring a full-time person that your business doesn't need than not hiring at all for that position. And cost is a big component of this decision-making, right? The reason we're doing not an employee CFO at this time is because, well, one, we can't afford it. And two, you just don't have the need for it yet. You want to grow into that role and have enough scope for a CFO full-time to show up. But in the fractional cost piece, um, you're making an investment for the future because the CFO should be returning more than the cost that they're charging you. And we always tell our clients, we have served not only our cost, but we're giving you back more profit than we're, you know, you're paying us because that is the point and the role of a CFO in the business. Um, just like, you know, you expect that from employees as well. And so making sure that you keep that in mind as you're engaging with, with the right people that have the right expertise and knowledge. Um, what I've seen often in our industry is that we get a lot of people offering quote unquote CFO services, but at the end of the day, it's just enhanced bookkeeping. Um, and maybe they're not even qualified or have the right level of expertise. So I just want to be cautious with who you're bringing onto your team. Make sure you're vetting them through their, you know, background expertise, you know, whatever education they might have to really be that right level skill set that you're looking for above and beyond just basic bookkeeping. And obviously there's such an important role your bookkeeper and your accountant play in the team, the money team that you're creating for your business. So it's not a 
um, we come to replace them. It's a, we complement that. We work with them and align because we're all trying to work towards the same goal for your business. Yes. Yes. I love it. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about more of that, that affordability. You know, when is it the right time to hire, especially when you're looking at your numbers, you know, can, like, I get that question all the time. Can I afford to hire? And, you know, we're talking about all different positions here, whether it is that full-time position or even that part-time team member that might be giving you 10 hours a week at first. How do you know if you can afford it? That's a great question. And it all starts with proactively budgeting what you think you can allocate to a position and a role. Now, keep in mind, sometimes we do have to invest ahead of when we're quote unquote ready, because we need to be able to open up capacity in order to be able to generate more revenue for our business. And what I mean by that simple example as bringing on an assistant to support you as the CEO, taking off tasks like calendar management, email management, you know, back and forth on payments, things that are simple that someone can handle for you. Hiring them for five hours a week will now free up your time to do five hours more of sales or five hours of hiring the next team member or training the next person in your business that's going to generate revenue. And so it's not too early to start. What you need to do is just understand your budget allocation based on what has been your ongoing revenue what have you been able to achieve in the past? What are your goals to grow that? And then make room for allocating a portion of your budget towards hiring someone. And I always tell people, I always like to start with like the smallest amount of hours, get them to demonstrate their skill set, how they're adding value to my team and the tasks that we're doing. And then I will go higher and higher on the hours as much as I can possibly afford because I know what they're capable of doing and how it's benefiting my business to free up my time or someone else's time in my team. And so it's important to start with a budget allocation so that you know how much you can afford. So don't be paying $100 an hour if you are only able to afford $25 an hour. So know what you are able to spend. That can change over time, of course, as you grow. But at first, just look at what is the affordability of the role that you're looking for and then look at what is the minimum support you need right now that would just help you get step closer. And then you can always grow that role from there. Ooh, I love it. Yeah. It, you know, when I first started in my business, not first started in my business, cause I was a little ways in it. When I first started hiring for my business, um, I had worked with some contractors and stuff on one-off projects before, but once I really realized that I needed consistent help, uh, there's two different areas that I'll share here. And the first one was a part-time employee. My first part-time employee worked for me 10 hours a week. It got to the point where I needed more than 10 hours a week. Unfortunately, she couldn't give me more than 10 hours a week. Uh, so I ended up having to go to a different team member. It just coincided with the same time. She also got a different uh, full-time job. So she had to leave me completely. So it was that perfect, that perfect timing where I was just like, I would need to replace her anyway. The next team member was 20 hours a week because I had that additional need in my business. Could I afford 20 hours a week at first when I hired that first team member? No, uh, that would have been really stretching. And I would have got to the point where I would have had to let them go because I would have been putting my business in, in hot water financially by doing that. But I started at 10 and worked my way up to 20. Now, that is one of those things where you hire someone for fewer hours and you try to add up to more hours they might not be able to do those additional hours. So then you have to figure out, do you add a second person and then have two people? 
Or do you say, okay, this is what I need. It no longer works. We're going to have to part ways and I'm going to have to bring someone in who can do the full hours that I need. So that's always one of those things that's at risk when you change the hours, but it's one of those things where it's kind of the right thing to do for your business. You know what? You can always ask. You'd be surprised how many people are just like not even asking and assuming that their employees can do something or they're not available. And then they ask and they're like, oh my God, I've been waiting for this all along. Or yes, I can support you that way. Or sometimes the answer will be no because there's certain situations where that's the case. But start by asking for what you need. And then make sure that you have the budget allocation. I always advise all my clients to always have some kind of cash runway in the bank to allow for this influx because yes, hiring is not cheap and they will pay dividends, but it's going to take probably a few months for them to get to the point where it's worth the investment, quote unquote. So making sure that you have that cash runway to cover their pay while they're getting up to speed and bringing value, is going to be a key um, thing to help you mentally be at peace with that decision and also financially feel like you're not being strapped to push that employee to produce faster and faster because you're like, I did not plan for this properly and now I can't afford to pay them and now I have to downsize again. And that's not fun neither for you nor the employee. So we want to be very mindful of those situations and make sure that you have those two, three months of payroll set aside for any team member you're bringing in. And then you'll see, you'll start to reap the benefits and see the the change in what they're bringing to the table and what value they're tangibly delivering through the numbers. But again, this comes back to the conversation on looking at your numbers to make sure that you are getting that benefit as well. And if you're not, you need to make some decisions. What I find often with working with clients in this is that their gut has really good sense of what's working and what's not working. And then once they look at the numbers, they get that validation they've been seeking of man, I knew this was off and I just didn't want to admit it. But once I looked at the numbers, there was no more running away. And when things are good, they're like, I think it's good, but I'm not sure. Where can I check to see if it's really the way it's feeling is actually happening? And when we go look at those numbers, we're like, wow, we grew month over month 20% because we brought in that employee, right? And now the cost is more than cover and everybody's happy and the business is growing. So checking in with that is going to be a key differentiator. Don't just let your gut be the only one dictating, but it tends to be pretty accurate. It's just that you need that extra layer of um, data to make better decisions. Yes, yes. And sometimes like even on like, I think the flip side of that is you might be in an area of self-doubt or you're just going through your business and you're not realizing that, oh my gosh, I'm doing double of what I was a year ago today because you experience that growth month after month and you're dealing with it and you're figuring it out and maybe you're adding team members. And so you're just always focusing on the future that you never really sit back and look at your numbers at the past and see all the amazing work that you've done, all the growth that you've done. Like, you know, we're recording this, it's about mid-December and I'll be, I'll be straight up honest. I didn't hit the number and I will not be hitting the number I originally set out to hit this year with my revenue. And if I just focused on that, that I did not hit the number I set out on my revenue, I could be like, wow, that really sucks this year. Like I didn't, I missed my goal. But then if I look back at where I was a year ago versus where I am now, there was growth. I didn't hit the goal, but I still grew. There was still a big difference if I look at month over month this year versus month over month last year. And so sometimes those numbers can even help us see the successes that we're too in our business to see. I had that same conversation with a lot of clients that 
um, didn't even think about that perspective. And I said, I know you're saying it feels not as good, but let me share with you what I'm seeing. Year over year growth of 32%, year year over year growth of 27% year to date. And they're just like stunned by that. Like, wow, that's amazing. But they missed it because they're so focused on the day-to-day or the current month not looking so good that that's what they're you know, thinking about, but we like to zoom out and really look at that high level perspective, even sometimes quarter over quarter, same month over last year, over the last two years, it gives us a different perspective. And yes, sometimes we don't hit our goals and that happens, but there was still growth and that is something to be celebrated. Not everybody's always growing. And sometimes people, you know, companies are shrinking, they're doing worse than, and when clients don't think about those aspects, we want to celebrate the wins alongside them because we know business is hard. They don't have to do it alone anymore. And they also get to hear a objective third party bring in that perspective of like, here's what's actually working well. Let's do more of that. And here's some opportunity areas that we need to go address and make sure that there are not issues in the future because it's a great way to improve on the financial health of the business. Yes, yes. All right. So before we go and wrap up today, I do have some advice, like some tips of things we can do proactively to put us in an area of success financially so we can hire and so we can grow our business and can we can scale successfully in 2023. Yeah. So something that we work with all of our clients on around this time of year, obviously, it's an end of year checklist to close the year, make sure things are looking good review some results. And then that also sets us up for what the annual budget plans should be for next year. So again, proactive forward financial um, data is going to be key in setting the goals and direction for the business. So if your business is, let's say, on track to double next year, the team that got you here, it's not going to be the team that helps you achieve the next year's results because that's double the size. So I want you to sit down and think if your goal is to double or your goal is to grow by 20% or whatever the goal, maybe even to just stay flat, right? You need to understand what are the roles I'm going to need? What is the support that I need? What are some of the gaps I'm seeing in the current team? And sometimes you have a grown your current team or certain roles or people maybe don't have the skill to develop any further. So you need to think about that too. And some people honestly just want to do the one job and that's it. They don't want more responsibilities. So you need to take all of that into account and say, maybe do I need a second one of that role in order for me to grow double and keep that person happy at part-time or whatever the role is today and their current responsibilities and not expand any farther. And there'll be some people in your team that are excited to take on more challenge and develop further and also have additional skills that you didn't know about. So this is a good time to be asking your team, what are other skills you have that I don't know about that I should be leveraging? What do you enjoy doing besides what you do for me today? Because there could be an untapped potential there that you could be harnessing into your growth plan for next year. What we want to do is start thinking about how we're going to get to the next level by crafting out what the ideal team will be to support that next level. And then you plug in your current roles, expanded skills and knowledge that they can bring to the table. And if they can also expand their hours to support you, or if you need to go add to new hires and what are the hires going to do? What is the role expectations and deliverables and making sure you start thinking about the costs for those as well. So as you start growing, you're mapping out 
what time of the year would you be looking to hire that person? And remember, look back a couple months because you'll need to onboard them and train them and get them up to speed as well. So yes. by the time you need them, you should have a plan to do all that work ahead of time and also go through the hiring process, of course. So make sure you start mapping out start dates and costs. And then at the end of the day, look at your profitability target for the end of the year. Decide if that is going to be appropriate for your business. As you grow, sometimes profit does go down, but it doesn't have to be. So you have to decide how much more cost can I afford to add while still keeping my profit healthy, paying myself a market wage, because you are also an important player in the team. And if you have not been paying yourself, we need to solve for that, especially as you're growing, because that problem doesn't go away. You'll be surprised how many seven-figure business owners still don't pay themselves. And you would think, wow, there's plenty of room in that size of business for someone to pay themselves. The problem is that they never prioritize themselves in pay. Therefore, they will never do it later. The, the right. later never comes. So I want you to make sure you be intentional about what you need your business to do for you to take home and build wealth personally by putting an allocation in for your pay, either owner's pay or payroll, doesn't matter, as long as you're accounted for. Because I've seen several business owners that have created businesses that pay everyone else but themselves. And we need to stop that because you are just as important and valuable um, uh, for everyone. And also one day when you sell the business, there will be an allocation for an owner to get themselves paid as well. So it's something for you to think about as you're planning out your year. And if you need help, we're happy to be a support. Um, we do annual budget planning uh, project-based services for uh, anyone who needs a little help and guidance and direction to decipher all of this for a whole year, because we know that that could be overwhelming and challenging for a lot of people who maybe don't love the numbers. We're absolutely here to help. And also, you will need your data for 2022. So if you haven't been doing your bookkeeping, if you're not up to date, one, your accountant's going to ask for it at tax time. So you might as well just start working on it now and get it cleaned up. Um, and also it will be the foundation for how we plan and budget for the new year by breaking out those pieces, you know, like revenue. Uh, think about how you bring money into your business, meaning the ways that you charge for your services or products that you're selling to understand how those behave and are growing over time, as well as the cost structure we just talked about around payroll costs and growth for the team. Yes. Pay yourself. You are a worker of your business. You are working hard. And like Harla says, if you don't start doing it now, you're never going to do it because there's always going to be an additional expense. There's always going to be someone else to pay. And it's really, really hard to let that money go to you as your business grows, if you're not in the habit of doing it. So pay yourself, figure out what you can start paying yourself and increase it slowly until you get to that right wage. If you're not doing any of it now, because sometimes it's that, that you can handle the slow increases better than saying, Hey, uh, start paying yourself X amount a month. You feel good about that. Okay. No, do it anyway, <laughs> but find something to start doing now to start paying yourself. If you're not, and if you're not paying yourself an appropriate wage for your role, see if you can start increasing it little by little to get yourself there. But one of the questions I have before we go and start wrapping up for today is I've gone in the past to look to say, well, where should my money be going in my business percentage wise? What percentage should I be paying towards marketing? What should I be paying towards training? What should I be paying towards employees? What should I do? And I can't find like a good formula. I can't find something that says, 40% should be this, 20% should be this, blah, blah, blah. Like sometimes they'll say like, here should be your tax stuff, especially like I follow profit first a lot of times and I have my tax bucket that's a certain percentage. 
but when it comes to my expenses, I'm like, what percentage of my expenses should be in each bucket of expense type? And I know you mentioned something that's like, well, to look at what you did last year. So is that why I really can't find it? Because is that really the best advice of look at what you've been doing and then adjust based on there, make goals from from there? Or is there really some, are there really set percentages that we should be working towards? What I'll share is that in my experience, what I've noticed is depending on the type of business, there's certain guidelines or guardrails that we utilize to help improve on uh, profitability and cost management of the business. And so I'll break it down into two categories, just very high level, but I definitely want you to consult with an expert and make sure that that is what works well for you and your business and your personal situation, because some people might want to have more profit so they can build more wealth personally. There's you know, other things that influence what the cost structure should be for your business. But in the grand scheme of things, there is service-based businesses and then there's product-based businesses. So start with service-based because I know a lot of your audience is in that category. And your cost structure is going to look something like this. And again, if you're not there, please don't beat yourself up. But <laughs> there's a way to get to this goal and improve on it over time. And most businesses that come to see us are not at this perfect balance either. And Profit First is a good first start, but Profit First is really focused on cash flow management, not on profit and loss management. So I want to make sure that that's clear for people. That is a way that you manage cash in and out of the business, not necessarily how it applies to your PL. So when we're talking about profit and loss, there's four main categories. There's revenue, uh, cost of service for service-based business. I'll talk more about that. Expenses and profit. So in your revenue, you'll set some goals. You know what that would be. Um, we will allocate between up to 50% to deliver on cost of service. That is your contractors doing work for you, your team that is directly impacting generating revenue in your business. Now, ideally, the lower you can keep this, the more room there is for operating expenses. So having it between 30 and 50% allocation of revenue is how we normally measure that is ideal because that leaves enough room to have between 30 and 40% of operating expenses, which is your cost, like yourself, an admin, uh, if you're paying rent for an office, or if you're paying for subscriptions, memberships, anything, education, training, that goes in that category and leaves you about you know, between five and 10% of profit left because, you know, you're not going to always hit your targets. You might, you know, spend a little extra sometimes, especially right. if you're investing back in the growth of the business. So that being your profit target between five and 10% for a growing business, we always want to keep it between five and 15% as you're scaling. And again, that's going to be fluid. It's going to change up and down depending on how much is going back into the business. This is after you pay yourself though. So make sure that you're accounting for that in either through owner's store or payroll, doesn't matter. You still account for somewhere in the uh, cost. Um, that's when you're scaling a business as service based. When you're on a cost of sales or cost of uh, goods business where you're selling product, what happens is right off the bat, you have this 30%, 40%, up to 50% of cost of goods sold to make, uh, ship, deliver, build the items that you're selling, the product itself. And so your profitability is already um, going to be a lot lower per se, because you're having to create the product to be able to generate sales, right? So similar right. to the service industry where maybe if you have a online business doing digital products, your overhead cost might be nothing. They might be all together 20% and your profit could be up to 
80% because you're able to keep your overhead super, super low. It's like maybe two people working in it and making, you know, a lot of money and not a lot of subscriptions or costs in general to run it. On a, uh, serve, on a product-based business, you're going to have a lot more costs because you just have to manufacture and deliver and shipping and all the things that you sometimes also have no control over. Your materials went up in cost, your ingredients went up in cost because of inflation that's kind of out of your control. You're just going to keep paying or find ways to reduce that cost through scaling and placing bigger orders. And then you still have to pay your employees and people working in the business on top of that. Um, so while the cost structures might seem similar, there's a lot less wiggle room, we'll say, in the product-based business for higher profitability, where on the service side, you could be as high as 80% profit, 70% profit if you keep your overhead low. Um but it could be as bad as 10% because if you have a ton of payroll costs and employees, now you're diluting what your profitability can be. And again, it's going to depend on industry. It's going to depend on type of business. Um, but just know that when you're hearing advice online and people are talking about the 70% profit, you know, you're talking about a very lean business model that's very different than a product-based business. And I always tell my product-based business owners, like, don't get discouraged by those commentaries because they don't apply to you, actually. <laughs> you have a very different business model, financially speaking, and you can't be comparing yourself to that. Of course, we strive to be as profitable as we can be and as uh, financially healthy as we can be, and we will work on that. But just know that 70% profit is probably not going to happen in that type of industry. Right. And that's probably why it's so, so important to work with someone like you, because the fact that you don't know really what's normal in your industry, especially if you're comparing it and your business bestie, it runs a completely different business and you're hearing about their numbers and you're like, why is that not possible? It's possibly not possible because you're a completely different business and you have different costs and you have different needs and everything. So getting that expert help is going to really help you understand where you should be, what is right, where those problems are, where you need to make changes, where good things are happening. Right. Yeah. So, for all you know, your business bestie is um, getting help from offshore and paying a quarter of the cost on payroll than you are because you have a U.S. based team or, you know, your costs are just different and higher. Therefore, it's just comparing completely different business models. So just be mindful of that. Even in a business that could look similar or quote unquote in the same industry, we see so much variety because we're in so many different industries that we can tell, um, you know, it's just really a case by case basis, unfortunately. And like, I know that's not right. the advice most people want to hear, but that's why we're here to help and have the expertise to say that advice doesn't apply to you. That advice does apply to you. Let's work on that because that is possible for your business. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, we definitely have to wrap up today's episode. So Carla, tell everybody how they can get in touch with you. Yeah, you can find us on our website, wealthworthwithin.com. Uh, sign up for our newsletter. We offer a lot of free content and support. And also we do a free discovery call. If you want to just get your questions answered and see if we can be a good fit for your team, um, you can hit us up at that website, at the contact tab, contact us now um, to book a call. Otherwise, we are on social media and we're always posting new content and information and education uh, at Wealth Worth Within on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, on LinkedIn, you can find me on my personal page, um, linkedin.com-carla-m. 
like Mary Titus. And um, we would love to be in contact and be a resource. DM us on Instagram. We're always on. <laughs> and we love to go live and answer questions too sometimes. So stay posted for when we have those. Um, we're here to help support and, you know, be um, your finance expert team. Sounds good. All right, Carla, one last question that I love to ask all my guests. We've all had leaders or managers in our lives that have stood out to us, whether in our personal lives or in our professional careers. Think of a leader or manager that has stood out to you and share one thing about them. I'll say um, the biggest differentiator for me is when they're very invested in my success and my career and know what I value and are just very empathetic to how challenging that can be sometimes, but they're there to give you advice and kind of help you push you a little because that's, uh, you know, an important skill that a leader will have to put you beyond your comfort zone and help you grow by challenging you in a direction that also aligns with those long-term goals that you have. And so I've had uh, actually a few of those in my life. And I only strive to be that kind of leader for my team and for the clients that we have, because I find that, you know, when they were empathetic about my situation and were giving me advice that really hit the mark, it made me just light up and be super encouraged to go take action and go make really good things happen for my development and my growth. Even if at times I was a little grumpy because they were pushing me a little hard outside that comfort zone that you nobody likes, right? But still doing it and following through and knowing that it was with the best intentions that they were giving me that advice to get to that next level. Sounds good. Yeah, that's great. Like those leaders that really invest in you as people. So at everyone listening, make sure you're doing that with your team members, invest in who they are, care about who they are as individuals, because that's what's going to make them happy and going to help your business scale and grow. All right, Carla, thank you so much for joining us today on the Growing Your Team podcast. Thanks for having me. Are you ready to hire a new team member for your business and you want to ensure you hire the person who can succeed in the role, make you happy, and positively impact your bottom line? Then let's talk and see how growing your team can help you master the art of hiring. Through bespoke hiring frameworks and comprehensive guidance, you will learn how to attract candidates who have the passion you desire and the skills needed to succeed. At Growing Your Team, women entrepreneurs and leaders work with us to help them expand their unique businesses by teaching them how to hire like a pro. Let's connect and see how we can help you. Send me an email at jamie at growingyourteam.com. That's Jamie, J-A-M-I-E at growingyourteam.com or head on over to growingyourteam.com slash jumpstart with jumpstart being all one word. And let's talk about how you can become a confident leader who hires right every single time.